0: everybody welcome back to negro please radio i'm your host chris allen how's everybody doing glad to be back uh as usual off the top i want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you for tuning in downloading, on the stream however you, you, you're taking my podcast i appreciate it thank you so much uh welcome uh if you're new from the Ari podcast or any other podcast this this is it this is my podcast it's about 20 Uh, Sometimes 30 minutes, I talk about my life, my family. I talk about social issues. Um, So uh, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. But welcome. Thank you for giving it a shot. And I'll uh, dive right in. Um, And make sure you share it. If you like it, share it. If you hate it, share it. I don't care. Say, hey, I hate this fucking dude. Listen to his podcast. Listen to how stupid he is. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. I had to check some settings. All right, sorry about that. Um, Yeah, so uh, this episode may be a little heavy. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff going on family wise, and I would love to talk about it. Uh, But I am in a great mood today. "Many Saints of Newark" is finally out. Um, I'm so excited. Uh, For those who know me, I'm a huge Sopranos fan. I've been watching Sopranos uh, (laughs) religiously since it aired. Um, I I think it's probably the best TV show of all time. Uh, It's so layered. It's so deep. And look, I I get it. There's a lot of people who hate hate the Sopranos. I've seen it so much that um, I I can see the cheese. I I get it. I can see why certain people don't like it. I I understand there are, there are some corny lines and very cliche cliche things that happen. They're said. They're, you know, I, I get that, but that's the comedy of the show. The writing is solid. The acting is 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 solid. Uh, the stories are great. It, it's so nuanced. There's so much going on. So much detail. Just the little lines that they have. Just is just to the to the just. It's hard to explain, man. You gotta be a you gotta be a stan to get it. I mean, just the details in the in the dialogue. The detail and the dialogue, just the the little shit. It's just, um, and maybe being uh, from that area, uh, being from New York uh, and around a lot of Italians and and just knowing how uh, people talk up there and I don't know. See, I'm I'm about to start gushing and I know people are like, oh God, here we go. But uh, it's out today. Uh, I'm going to see it at 1135. I'm excited. It's also on uh, HBO Max. I tried to play it on HBO Max this morning. And for some reason it just won't play What a shitty fucking app, um, but I'm going to watch it at the theater and I'm probably going to watch it again tonight. So I, I, I can't wait. I think David Chase is a genius. I'm, I'm ready to see uh, young Tony, young Sil, young Johnny boy, young uh, uncle June. I'm, I'm really excited. You get, we're going to get to meet Dickie Moltisanti. Um, maybe we'll get to see a little a baby Christopher. You know, high school Carmelo, Artie Buko. I'm excited. But um yeah, if you're a fan, i uh, happy Saints Day. If not, you gotta you gotta start watching the show. You gotta start watching the show, it's the best. But uh anyway, um I typically start with the milestone. And for in for those who don't know, I have a nine, we have a nine-year-old son, his name is Miles, and I like to talk about the different things that he's into. Uh, sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, sometimes it's, it's, it's nothing. But um, not much going on. He, um, I, I said it before, he, he fractured his, not fractured, but uh, he had like a little, I guess he did, yes. Fracture is the right word. He had a small hairline fracture in his toe that he uh, got a, a couple of weeks ago at a birthday party. It healed up just fine. Uh, he got a pimple right here under, for some reason, that, that nine under, underneath his uh, lip here. And he was freaking out, man. Like, what is this? Where does it come from? What's this? Why is it the? You know, what's the white stuff inside of there? And I popped it. He freaked out about me popping it, but uh, he slowly saw saw that it uh, it healed and it went away. Uh, He's just so anxious and um, neurotic about uh, you know um, scars and bumps and all that kind of stuff. He. He messes with it all the time. He's always checking it. Can you look at it? What's this bump doing? Where'd it come from? Who bit me? Like, you know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. But I always have to tell myself, Chris, you were the exact same way when you were a kid. So you have to just be patient and explain things to him. And um, that's all he really wants. You know, that's all he wants. He just wants an explanation. He just wants to know. But as an adult you just you want to be like, hey man, just relax, it's just a mosquito bite. It's just a knee scrape. That's that's a scab, it's going to fall off. But he's just uh he's so worried about, you know, injuries and bumps and stuff so um I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, um he again, the computer, he's he's uh he is non-stop on that thing. He's he's figuring out so much on that lunar magic. Um, real brief, lunar magic is a program that you use to build Mario hacks. And that's what he's doing. He he really loves it. He's he's uh learned how to manipulate layer two, which is kind of the background. If you play Mario, you've seen those levels where like you're underground and you'll see parts of the of the terrain come down or go up. As you're as you're going through the level, it'll have stuff going up and down or coming out to the sides like this. That's the layer two layer, making uh, making um, land masses move up and down, left and right, and uh, it's really cool, man. Because now when we watch these YouTube videos of people playing these ROM hacks, he goes, "Oh, that's that's layer two. Oh, I get it. That sprite that's on this uh, on screen." That's coded with this hexadecimal code. That's why if you touch it, you die. So not only is he watching to just enjoy and and um, see someone beat a level, he's also watching what's going on with the level. He's asking, oh, I wonder how they, I wonder how they built that. Um, you know, I wonder how they built that. I wonder how they got that to move. Or he'll see something move. He goes, oh, I think I know how to do that. So it's, it's really cool to see him um, kind of see the the bigger picture. Now he's watching these videos, and he's not just watching the player. He's actually watching the level and the nuanced movements that are going on in the background. And he's like, "Oh, okay, I, I think I know how to do that." So it's, it's it's really cool, and I think that's what coding does because it it allows them to see, um, or um, not not only see but. They consider the bigger picture. You know, when he started messing around with the HTML and, and, and Google, uh, he goes, "Man, Dad, somebody had to make all this stuff." So he's just from looking at the code of the of the Google homepage, he goes, "So somebody had to make the code for the ad that's on the page." I go, "Yeah." He goes, "So all the web pages, all the ads, somebody had to code that." I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Man, that's a lot of code." So he's starting to see all the work that goes on behind what you're seeing on the computer screen. And, and, and it's very fascinating and I, and I am thrilled that he's enthralled with it. So uh, that's what's going on with him. I, I feel like that's, that's what it's going to be for a while. Um, but, um, so earlier this week, I had to go back home to my hometown of Rochester, New York. Uh, my grandmother is very old. Uh, she's 96, she's not doing well. And i um, from, the conversation I had with my sister late last week, it didn't look like she would make it through the weekend, but my wife is away on work and I, I couldn't get away. So I was had to wait throughout the weekend and uh, I left Monday and I, I came back Wednesday and uh, she's doing a lot better. She's doing a lot better. I think being in a, in a, uh, the, the home environment is surrounded by her family is, is what's um, um, helpful. And um Sorry, this is this is tough to talk about, but um, I'm just, I'm just trying to get my, my thoughts together. Still, how I want to approach it, but not that it's um, not that I want my grandmother to die. Not that any of us want her to die, but um, 96 is old. That's a lot of time on this planet, man. 96 years is a long time, and. Uh, we all think it's 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 time, you know. Uh, my grandmother is a very proud woman. She's a very particular woman. She was a very independent woman. My my grandfather passed away. I want to say around nineteen. Uh, I want to say around nineteen eighty six or nineteen eighty seven. And she's very old school. She believed hey, death do us to us part, but uh, in her mind, that was her husband, and she never remarried. So my, my grandmother has been on her own uh since the 80s, basically almost my entire life. I I, I have memories of my grandfather, but he passed away when I was very, very young. Oh, like I said, I want to say I was in kindergarten when he when he passed away. So she's been alone for a while. She's been alone for a while, it's very, very independent, very particular, very uh just um take charge woman, just used to getting things done and, and to see the slow decline over the last couple of decades has been, um, I would say that's, obviously that's, that's natural, but when you see them take that final turn towards that final transition into uh, passing away, it, it, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's tough seeing them. It's tough seeing your parents slow down. It's tough seeing your grandparents slow down, but it, it's definitely uh, tough to watch that, uh, that uh, second, that second stage of of, of decline in, in quality of life, and um, but I, I say all this to say, um, she's very fortunate, one to have lived to to have lived that as long as she has, and to be honest, man, not many people get to transition uh, like she is going to, at home, surrounded by all of her children. Her grandchildren and great grandchildren, you know, and and watching my aunts and my mom and my uncle take care of her, I mean, she's ninety six. That's that should tell you. Her kids aren't young. They're my aunts and uncles aren't spring chickens. I mean, I'm I'm in my early forties. I mean, my aunts and uncles they're they're in their seventies, and here they are. They're taking care of their el- elderly mom. You know, they're to be honest, they're not far behind. And they're getting it done. They love their mother. They want her to be as comfortable as possible. And the fact that she's able to transition like this, is really a testament of how she lived her life. And in no way, shape or form am I saying my grandmother's perfect. But again, so many people die alone. They die uh, at home. Their bodies have to be discovered. Uh, People don't know that they're gone for a while sometimes. Some people die alone. And, and nursing homes, and some of those nursing homes, a lot of those nursing homes aren't the best. I mean, my mother told me they went looking at some nursing homes, and they were about $12,000 a month. And she said they were not good. And she goes, there's no way I would ever put my mother in, the, in this place. And um, she said she wanted to die at home, so they brought in the hospital bed and everything. And then and, and, and there she is. They, they, they sleep in the room with her. They, they visit her every day. We sat around her. While I was there, you know, we were were watching um, because my my grandmother is a a very devout southern Christian woman. So a lot of the the church channel, we're watching all these um, the Gaithers, old school gospel music. We're watching all this church stuff and, you know, we're we're laughing. We're having a good time. But uh, it's it's tough seeing her that way. But uh, I'm glad I went. And I really have to give it to my mom and my aunts and uncles and everybody back there because, I mean, they, they're they really doing a, a great job taking care of her. And, uh, I mean, that's the way to go. I think that is, if, if there's a way to go, the way that my grandmother is going out, that's the way to go. So I got to give a shout out to my mom and my aunts, uncles, and my family back home for um, for, for taking care of her that the, way, the way that they are. And, again, it's a testament to her the fact that she raised her children well enough and uh, instilled values in them and work ethic in them to the point where like they're able to have her in their home and take care of her every single day. Because a, a lot of people don't, especially people in their 70s, a lot, a lot of people are, are struggling at the age to, to make inmates. You, you, you've been to Walmart, you see some of these older people that are working as greeters, that, that are working to register. And I'm not saying they're all struggling. Some of them just—they just want to get out the house. They want to keep their mind active, and and I respect that. But there are a lot of older people who are struggling, and, and it's sad to see somebody in their 70s that has to work a job where they're standing up all day. That's one thing if you want to do it, but if you have to to make ends meet to feed yourself, that's uh, it's, it's pretty unfortunate. And uh, but that's the reality of the world that we live in, and uh, the fact that um, you know she instilled all the, the values and work ethic and and. And my my uh, my aunts and uncles set themselves up to where, hey, look, I'm retired. I don't have to. I don't really have to work, and uh, we can we can take care of our mother. So shout out to all of them. Shout out to her, and um, it's at this point, it's a waiting game. It's just, and um, I love her, and uh, she will be missed. But I, like I've been telling people, it's sad, but it's it's not it's not a tragedy. You know, she's very old. But um yeah. So sorry this episode really isn't funny, man. I, this this is this is me. I, I like to talk about the shit that's on my mind. I do. I'm uh, I'm I'm getting excited. Uh, NBA season is approaching. And um I, I I told myself this year I'm really gonna get into it. So I'm watching uh, more of the preseason stuff with interviews and, and whatnot. And um you know what it's funny watching. All these players that uh, that don't want to get vaccinated be supported by the same people that a year ago were basically telling them to shut the fuck up, play basketball. We don't want to hear uh, anything from you other than basketball. That's what you do. Just shut up and dribble. You know. It's just. It's it's just. Uh, how are these guys? Let me let me back up and preface it by saying i won i believe the vaccine is a personal choice I, I don't i don't care um how you feel about it that that's it it's, it's a it's a personal choice now where it gets murky or you have to make a decision that you might not like is when you have a job that may demand that you get a shot it, It's it's really no different than any other work requirement it's just like hey you can't have you can't do drugs on this uh, if you want to work here. There's a place in, in Ohio, um, I think it's Procter and Proctor. They don't hire smokers. <laughs> but it is funny to see that all the people who hated these all these athletes for speaking up about racial injustice, saying that Black Lives Matter, that were boycotting games. Because they they just didn't want to play unless there was an investigation into these things, unless they were reformed, unless things were done. They didn't want to play. These people were upset. Hey, you need to get over it. You need to be professional. You gotta do what you gotta do. We don't wanna hear this shit. Just get out there and play ball. Now, all of a sudden, all those same people are supporting these guys for not wanting to get vaccinated. What again, why aren't you got why aren't you telling these guys to shut up and just talk about basketball? You know, you you tell that you tell black men, large black men, that have hair like mine. A lot of these dudes are tattered up, talking face, neck, hands, arms. They're big, they might be intimidating to people. So you tell a black man that looks like that, that he doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to racism, but you will entertain their thoughts on uh, the vaccine. I don't I don't get it. What, what's the difference? You know, when, when Kyrie Irving is talking about police brutality and, 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 and injustice, it's just like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Shut up. But when he's like, hey, man, you know what? I think it's a personal choice. So I want to do some research. They say this and that and antibodies and, you know, this. Hey, I, I like this guy. All of a sudden, it's I like this guy. We need more people like this. We need more people speaking up. That's the problem with a lot of these people. You'll support anybody, you'll get in bed with anybody that agrees with what you're saying. You can hate this person in any in every other aspect of their existence. Not agree with them, but all of a sudden, you're a fan. You want to buy their jersey? You want to see you want to see more of this behavior? We need more of it. Now it's one thing to disagree with a person and then agree on an issue and go, hey, you know what? I agree with that person. But it's not, it's not even that. It's 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 y'all shut up about racism. We don't want to hear it to like, I don't want to get vaccinated. And you're like, I love this kid. We need more like it. I want to get the jersey. Why aren't more guys speaking up like about this? This is see, this is what we need to be, this is what needs to happen. These guys are smart. <laughs> Just a complete 180. I can't get on board with the complete 180. Because in a couple of months or whatever time it's going to take, whenever there's another police shooting and these same dudes who don't want to get vaccinated speak up, you're going to tell these guys to shut the fuck up. I said it before. We put people on a pedestal too quickly. Too quickly. You know nothing else about these people. They say one thing you like and all of a sudden, that I always liked him. You know nothing about him. Nothing about him. Bradley Beal, same thing. He was just like, you know what, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to get the vaccine. Love him. Go to his, go to his Instagram page, scroll down to where he talks about how he's so excited about the Black Lives Matter bureau, uh, mural on the road in D.C. on the street in D.C. And then tell me if you still like him, if you still want to support him, if he should, if if he should keep. Uh, bucking the system. If he should keep speaking his mind, probably not. You probably want him to shut the fuck up when it comes to that, right? Probably. Now I know Shaq said that uh, he thinks that they should kick Kyrie Irving off the team. I, I think that's a bit <laughs> that's a bit much, but uh, hey, Shaq is entitled to his opinion. I love Shaq, but I I, I don't I don't agree with that. And uh, I I just, I really feel like the the vaccine, it's it's a personal choice and you shouldn't have to tell anybody. And I I also agree with LeBron. He got the vaccine, but he's not going to promote it. And now see, and he's a prime example. They, he was the face of, they hated him. They hated him throughout the whole uh, pandemic and and throughout all the, the racial unrest last year. He was like, Public enemy number one. Now, I I agree with LeBron. LeBron, yeah, we need... You hate him. You hate LeBron. It's so funny. God damn. Yeah, Y'all were were just calling the dude racist. And and I guess some of y'all still call him racist. It's funny when we get called racist. Y'all get called racist for doing racist shit, and then when black people don't put up with racist shit and speak out against racism, you get called racist. (laughs) <laughs> Hilarious. That's what you like. That's what a lot of people they want to. They want to. They, they want docile niggas in this country. They they want thankful. Don't say anything. Hey, you know I'm in America. I should just be glad. Fuck you. This is. I'll say this and, and get out of here. This is. This is the problem. You have both sides be, being unapologetically themselves. Hey, fuck your feelings. I'm gonna do me. I don't care how you feel about this. I'm gonna wear my MAGA hat, my MAGA shit. I'm gonna wear my fucking Confederate flag shit. I'm gonna wear my Black Lives Matter stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna wear this shit. I'm gonna wear my Black Panther shit. I'm gonna do all my stuff. And I don't care how anybody feels. I'm gonna wear my feminism shit. I'm gonna wear this shit. I'm gonna wear my Christian shit. Everybody's wearing their shit. Everybody's being themselves unapologetically are 100% their authentic self and they don't give a fuck how anybody feels. Now how do you, how do you think that's going to turn out where everybody is just doing what the fuck they want and not caring about how it makes other people feel. Yeah, people are going to get upset. But here's the thing. When you upset other people, you're you're being yourself unapologetically, you don't care. People need to get over it, they just need to move on. They just need to overlook whatever you have on, this is America, you just gotta deal with it. But when but when you're that other person, seeing it, all of a sudden it's just like you're throwing your homo, your um, sexuality in your face. You're throwing your uh, the fact that you're trans in my face. You're throwing the fact that you're a gun owner in my face. You're throwing the fact that you're black in my face. You're throwing the fact that you're a feminist in my face. That's the thing. Everybody wants to be 100% themselves, authentic, no filter, and then we get mad at everybody else for doing the same fucking thing. How childish is that? You're getting, we're getting mad at people for being the same way that we're being. I mean, honestly, a lot of times I feel like we're in kindergarten. It's wild. They're throwing it in my face. That's what everyone says. It's like, well, you're doing the same shit to everybody, man. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's everybody's doing it, man. Everybody's doing it. And look, I'm not saying everything. I'm not saying that what everybody is standing for is righteous and, and is right. There are some causes out there that, you know what, hey, People should be on board with this shit. Like I, I, I was on Twitter talk, talking with some some people about pronouns. I was that guy fighting pronouns. I, I ain't doing that. Then I thought about it. It's stupid. It's dumb. Pronouns. That's about respect. That's all that is about. People want to be called him, her. They, that's it. It's not that hard. Cool. You don't have to agree. I don't. I really just don't understand the point of arguing with people and, and, and not complying with that. It's, it's a simple request. So many people in this country, and I would say in around the world probably, they go by their middle name. I have plenty of coworkers. You know, their their uh, their name plaque on their, on their cubicle would say Dave M. Smith. Hey, man, I know it says Dave, but I go by Michael. I wasn't like, nah, fuck that. It says Dave. I'm calling you Dave. No, they have to be called that. People have nicknames. It's no different. You're not, you're not telling somebody named Pookie. Well, that's really not on your birth certificate, man. I don't want to. I don't want to call you that. Sorry, man. Sorry, Darnell. I'm not calling you Pookie. I'm telling you, man. Those those people who 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 just insist on calling people out of their name, the moment you call that person a bigot or anything like that, they get so upset. They want to talk about how uh important words are and you you just can't go around calling people you know racist and all kind of names and stuff but they'll turn around and do it and again this is making my point you want to be yourself unapologetically and that means being a flamboyant gay person that means being uh, a a trans person And that's hey, that's fine. Some people are just some people just have big personalities. So what if some if, if a gay guy is super feminine? So, so what? I find a super alpha MMA. I go to Hooters. I'm super straight guy. That shit's fucking annoying. Cool guy. I love your lifted Raptor and your white Oakleys, and your fucking don't tread on me, make America, uh, keep America great shit. You got your two way stickers. On the back of your truck, you got all, all, all your political beliefs on the back of your truck, your shirt, your hat, but yet a man walking around in high heels with a wig on, or a uh, a very uh, a very fem gay man wearing booty shorts and a halter top. That's 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 throwing it in, that's that's throwing it in your face. But you don't think about your big ass fucking lifted diesel truck, all your fucking stickers, again your hat, your fucking shirt, your your big ass Confederate flag belt buckle. You don't you don't think, you, you don't think that bothers people, and the thing is, you know it does, and you don't give a fuck. Guess what? Other people know what they what they do, what they look like, might upset people might make people uncomfortable but guess what they also don't give a fuck so we all need to be adults here and just accept people for who they are you don't always have to agree with people but just show people respect and that and, and I'm saying that for, for both sides this is this is show people respect man that that's what's missing in this whole thing it's just that base layer of respect if we had just a common layer of respect for each other, I feel like a lot of the problems will go away. But that, that bottom base layer, there, there's there's when you don't have any respect, you have nothing. And that's where we are right now. People don't have respect for, for one another at a base level, and that's why we are where we are. So again, you don't have to agree. Disrespect people. Now, don't be an asshole. We're, we're talking about reasonable things here. I'm not trying to get out in the, well, what about this? We're talking about reasonable, acceptable shit here. Because that's what people like to say. Well, what about this? It's like, now, now, you're, just, now you're just being an, an asshole. Oh, what about the guy who said he wants to fuck kids? i got to respect that? Come on, man. Let's not, let's not be dumb here. We're not talking about that. We're talking about consenting adults and their sexuality and their uh, their gender identity. And the pronoun, that's it. And political beliefs. Within reason. Now, you, you, you have all the right in the world to feel like abortion is, is, is wrong. Cool, that's, that's fine. But you need to respect people's rights to do what they want to do with their body. You don't want to wear a mask? This woman doesn't want to have a kid. Is it right to you? Probably not. You don't like it. But what does that have to do with you? You don't want to wear a mask. You're putting others at risk. Let's just show each other respect. You want to be able to do what you want to do? Let people do what they want to do. It, 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 stop bringing your fucking religion into shit. It's ridiculous. And what I thought about this last night. It's, it, it's weird. People like to use that excuse for uh, not being... Um, sup- they use the excuse of not supporting uh, certain pro- like progressive agendas, like uh, you know, for for example. And I would say it's less prevalent now. Most people don't care, but like gay marriage or something like that, or anything that has to do with that. Anything that gets in the sex realm, people get weird. They always go, "Well, if we accept this, then one day people are just want We're just going to have to accept pedophiles." And I, I want to ask people this: and what settled first world country? is pedophilia actually legal? Is there anywhere on this planet that's a developed country that, that, that that's legal? Or pedophilia is actually legal? No, not that I know of. So my question is, why do you think America, the number one superpower in 2021 or some date in the future, legalize or be okay with pedophilia? I, I don't understand. It's it's such a dumb argument. It's such a dumb argument. I, I it, it it doesn't make sense to me. But um, you guys, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe I just don't see shit. But I, I just don't see America getting together and go. You know what? Now that now that you know, trans people can uh, adopt kids. I think it's. I think everybody should. I think pedophilia should be legal now. Like who who does that? Who who thinks that's gonna happen? I don't. I, I don't know, man. That's fucking wild. The shit people say. Um, but uh, I got a couple busy. I got a yeah busy couple of weeks coming up. I said that backwards. I got, I'm gonna be busy. Um, I'm pretty excited about a lot of stuff that's coming up. Um, again, if you heard me on Ari's podcast, welcome or are you guys welcome. Thank you for checking me out, if you're still here. Um, next weekend, I'll be at the Roanoke Comedy Festival. I believe it's the first one. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. This is my second time ever being invited to a comedy festival as a featured performer. Uh, typically, you have to um, register, not register, you have to apply and submit a videotape and all this kind of stuff, and you get picked, and it's a whole process. It's a lot of fun but it is demoralizing when you're like, sorry, you weren't, you weren't selected, but thanks for that 30 bucks. Uh, it makes you think like, did these motherfuckers even watch the tape? But um, <laughs> but so I saw got the Roanoke Comedy Festival and, and the following week, I'll be back in my hometown of Rochester, New York. And it's been a while since I've been on the road with my man, but I'll be back there at the Carlson with Mark Norman. Um, I'm also proud to announce that Winston Hodges and I have just got a monthly show at the DC loft comedy loft in DC. Um, we're going to be doing host battle every third Wednesday of the month. It's going to be so much fun. I love all the comics up there. I really think that this show is going to take off up there and I think it can take my career to the next level. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to this, to doing the show. They got a really cool basement uh, room that I but that's where I want to do the show. That's where host battle needs to be done. It would be cool to do the mainstays, but I think the subterranean, you got the brick walls. They got all these really old beers on the wall, German beers, Italian beers. It's so cool. It, it seems like um, it's a secret. And I think if we can get host battle popping down there, it will be one of the hottest shows in DC. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, check out the pop, the, the podcast, that I've done in the past, check out uh, all my stuff. Uh, do you believe is another one that I do. It's about religion and the religious trauma. And I do host battle with my man, Winston Hodges. Uh, we just talk about comedy and sneakers and food and social shit, basketball, oh, food. Yeah, I already said food. All right, see, I'm starting to repeat shit. I, I typically only do 20, 25 minutes, sometimes 30. I'm up to 36 almost. I don't know what else to say, but thank you so much. Make sure you guys follow me on all social medias right there on your screen at Chris Allen Comedy. Subscribe to the YouTube page. I'm only about 300 away from 1,000. I need the 1,000. I get the 1,000. I can start monetizing and making some money. But there's a show. That's a show. Make sure you go out and see Many Saints in Newark. I'm going to do a quick, a, a quick review of that after I see it. I'm so excited. I can't wait to watch it. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm out. Peace.